Welcome to How Do You Write? I'm your host, Rachel Heron. On this podcast, I talk to authors about how they write, what their process is, and how their lives fit together. I'll keep each episode short so you can get back to writing. Well, hello, writers. Welcome to episode number 296 of How Do You Write? I'm Rachel Heron, and I'm so pleased that you are here with me today as we are talking to Ashanti Anderson. And it is a fantastic interview. Uh, You will be moved and enjoy every single word of it. So please stick around for that. It's going to be better than the intro because I did not sleep well last night and I'm fighting a headache from low pressure and I feel kind of stupid. And I used all of my brain cells this morning and this afternoon working on the revision of the memoir, which I'm really, really enjoying. I have, I, in the last couple of days, I have fixed that inciting incident that I needed to shore up and get into the right structure and do a bunch of stuff with. So that was, it felt like wrestling an alligator. And then I had that gorgeous experience, which, which many of you are probably very familiar where you've been wrestling and wrestling and wrestling with something in revision. And then it just comes clear. And it is like the faucet going from muddy water to cool, clear, delicious water. And it all makes sense. And you could not have gotten there without struggling so hard. Uh, But I do feel like I've kind of been just fighting this beast at my desk, which, you know, is fantastic. What an amazing thing that I get to do. This is the first week of my three months of no teaching. So as I approached the desk yesterday, I didn't have to do anything but write. And it was such a strange feeling. And I miss my students. I miss my students and also my students and and doing that kind of work, doing the teaching work. <laughs> Maybe it gives me a little bit of space from the writing on a daily basis. And, and for the last couple of days, I'm like, oh, it's just me and you writing. Oh, okay. How did we used to do this? How did we, how did we used to sit next to each other all day at the desk? Uh, but I'm I'm getting used to it now and it's going to be great. And you know me in revision, it's hard work, but I love it. So I've just been doing that. And uh, I wrote an email. And if you're on my email uh, newsletter list, you already know this, but I erased, I finished my sailing class last week and I got my sailing certificate and I raced on Friday night after we finished our course in gusts that blew over 25 knots of 40 boats that were originally signed up to do this last race of the summer season. Uh, 21 of them pulled out. So there were only 19 boats out there. They pulled out for the bad weather. We did not pull out. It was my skipper and five newbies on the water, but we came in 11th out of 19. Also in the email, I confessed that uh, we were disqualified for having a broken running light. However, I'm counting that 11th as 11th place because we were the 11th boat over the finish line. And it was so exciting. And I was just so glad that I faced that particular fear and I stuck it out. And also I can tell you very clearly that this morning it was very, very windy outside. And I was looking down at the Harbor and thinking, thank God, I don't have to go on a boat in the wind for a while. Will I? Absolutely. Will I enjoy this downtime of not having that fear twice a week, but getting on a a boat in high winds. Yes, I'm going to enjoy that. So um, that's the only other thing that's been going on around here. 
Otherwise, I'm just enjoying working. How about you? Are you fitting the work in somewhere? Even if it is just a few minutes today and a plan for maybe a few extra minutes tomorrow, where in your life does your writing fit? Um, you can listen to all the podcasts in the world. You can read all the books in the world, but the thing that matters is doing your work, getting it on the page, and eventually getting it edited and out into readers' hands. That is how we keep growing as writers. That's how we keep getting better and better and better. So where are you in that process? In the very, very beginning? Are you in the middle? Are you somewhere far down the track and working on your 37th book and losing heart? You too can find 15 minutes today to do a little bit of work and maybe a little bit more work tomorrow. If you do that, I would love to hear about it. Come find me wherever I am online and tell me about it. And in the meantime, please enjoy this interview with Ashanti. Here's a little bio. Ashanti Anderson is a Black, queer, disabled poet, screenwriter, and playwright. Her debut short poetry collection, Black Under, is the winner of the spring 2020 Black River Checkbook Competition at Black Lawrence Press. Her poems have appeared in World Literature Today, Poetry Magazine, and elsewhere in print and on the web. Learn more about Ashanti's previous and latest shenanigans at AshantiCreates.com and here is the interview. Hey, would you like to come write with me, with my writing community? At Rachel Says Write, we write together twice a week, every Monday and Wednesday from 5 to 7 Pacific Time, 8 to 10 Eastern Time. We say hi and chat the tiniest little bit, and then together we write. It's truly magical the amount of words we get done together. You want to check it out with a week's free trial to see how it might work for you? Just go to rachelheron.com. Rachel Says Write to join us. Well, I am so pleased to welcome you to the show today. May I please have you say your name and your pronouns? Yeah, my name is Ashanti Anderson and my pronouns are she, her. Ashanti, I am thrilled to have you on the show today. I am so excited to talk to you about your writing process because um, as I was doing a little digging on you, it seems like you do a lot of a lot. You do a lot of different kinds of writing and you're teaching at the same time. Is that right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I've, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, I, I kind of am all over the place and <laughs> I hope that works out to my benefit. I would love to talk about that because I feel like that's it's one of my personal favorite things about myself is that I do a little bit of a lot, but it's also something that kind of um, trips me up in some major ways sometimes. Can you talk to us about what it is like to do that, to, to, to have um, interest in many places? It is a challenge. I think, <laughs> honestly, my biggest, um, my biggest struggle with it is honestly just external pressure to do one thing and and focus on one thing and and be known for for one thing and my yeah. brain is just like I I strongly resist that is there <laughs> can is there any work around can we compromise what if I do five things is that <laughs> is that okay and and so you know it's like when you when you hear these messages that are like oh you would be you know this much greater and this much faster yeah. and this much more successful if only you would do just this one thing and, and yes. kind of having to 
to get that out of my my brain because when I think about just who I am as a person and how I operate on day-to-day life, that's just not true for me. The yeah. times that I have tried to just singly focus on one thing all the time, I'm I'm literally not more successful. <laughs> I've, I'm no yeah. good at it. Um, my brain just needs these different outlets. It's kind of like reprieves, but I'm still being active and being, you know, mentally productive. Um, And I don't know why it is that, that it just seems like in general, the message is, is to go opposite of that, but (laughs) yeah, you know, I'm, it, it works for me. So I'm, I'm accepting it, you know, aside from those, those messages I get from, from elsewhere that kind of trip me up. How, how do the different various kinds of writing and things you do, how do they feed each other? Do you think? Yeah, like tremendously um, <laughs> in a, in a nutshell, um, I'm often bouncing back and forth. And I mean, from, from day to day on different Mm -hmm. genres. So not even being done with one project before I see something that will turn around and actually also be beneficial for another project that I'm working on and then working through that and then bouncing back to something else. So, and it's, it's also good because by writing in different genres, I'm exposed to a lot of different genres just because that's those are the communities that I've built that's the work that I want to be familiar with and and so my my I guess repertoire of of influences and and things to put into practice and and styles of writing there's so much crossover I think and it really builds to having a unique voice um, overall, because, you know, I'm not bringing only poetry to the table, right. you know, there's, there's the, the, I guess, linguistic quality of, of poetry, but there's also that immediacy of action that's in screenwriting, but yeah. also that deep pondering that's in playwriting, and like really being able to, you know, go back and forth between these genres and they all really help prop each other up. Um, and I think that is something that I've benefited from greatly. I, I write in five, five different genres myself. And, and I think what people don't know about people like us might be that we are restricting ourselves when we are only writing in some of the 15 or 20 that we have on our list. Um, But one thing that I have found for myself, and I would love to know um, how you feel about this is that I I think I used to worry about diluting or changing my voice by writing in these different genres. But I'm just thinking about it as you're speaking. I don't know if I've ever articulated this, but I think that my voice is deepened because I'm dabbling in all of those genres. What, What do you think about that? Yeah, I definitely think that in my case, at least my writing has deepened for sure. And I, I don't know that I've ever thought about it in terms of maybe 
as you as you put it, kind of like this dilution. I think mm-hmm. because I was always aware somehow I was always aware that I was kind of doing a little bit more <laughs> than someone who who had always written screenplays or or primarily yeah. write screenplays or even someone who I've only known for for writing poetry I'm like oh you know I think I'm I think I'm doing things a little differently and I I didn't think of it in terms of lack but maybe in terms of maybe overexertion especially when writing mm. when writing plays as a poet cuz I do sometimes get caught up in the language and the beauty yeah. and the sound and it's like none of that's going to be on screen like <laughs> <laughs> you're just you're doing this for yourself at this point and and that's okay too <laughs> but um yeah definitely this this deepening is happening I think I love that I love that what is your biggest challenge when it comes to writing consistency. Nah, tell me more. <laughs> so uh, uh, as we just mentioned, you know, like switching from, from genre to genre, project to project means that things get done very slowly. Sometimes <laughs> also more than often uh, things get dropped <laughs> completely in yeah. favor of, of the more, exciting or seemingly viable idea um and then on top of that I'm not a person as of uh, today who who writes every single day so sometimes it it's well more than sometimes often it's challenging because I'm like oh well if I wrote every single day maybe I wouldn't feel so bad about literally writing at a snail's pace but um, you know, I think, I think things will probably still end up being that way. I could write every day and then it, it amounts to, <laughs> to nothing, uh, yeah. on the page, right? Because sometimes days are just days spent writing are really just days spent thinking, days yes. spent planning, you know, so, so it doesn't always look like, like words on a, on a, paper or also I think yeah I think days spent resting are also need to be counted towards the writing process even on those days where I'm not planning or thinking that adds up and I and I love that you say that about not believing this this real this 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 kind of big myth that the writer should write every day um, can be so harmful for so many writers I believe what is your writing process when and where do you get it done oh it's like a a secret love <laughs> affair. <laughs> oh, that's the best kind. I, yes. If you say so. I mean, it's mildly <laughs> stressful because I am married. So it's like, but no, seriously, um, just this idea of, you know, there's no wrong time or place to get swept up in the moment. For me, yeah. I've been to, you know, I've, I've gone to like, AWP conferences where, you know, I've, I've paid for this hotel and for this ticket. And, and then, you know, I I go to one event on the first day and I'm like, Oh, I'm so inspired. And then I spend the next two and a half days just in the room writing. And it's like, that's gorgeous. I I love, I guess that's worth, worth the expense. (laughs) 
<laughs> but you know, it's like anytime it it occurs, it hits me. I'm like, I have to go, you know, find a cave and set up a typewriter, <laughs> and and it really could happen anywhere. So yeah, you know. But at the same time, I have to be honest in saying, you know, like the the secret affair metaphor. You know, it's not always the first thing that I do, right? I, I yeah. I love my family. I love, you know, spending time with people, even if that's just talking on the phone these days, Um, you know, and those are things that are going to come first. But, you know, I still have tons of love in my in my heart for writing and am willing to be swept away whenever the opportunity arises. (laughs) I I just think that is is overall a a gorgeous way to look at some of our projects. I, I, too, I'm happily married. Um, I have no interest in cheating on my wife. Besides, it sounds like a lot of driving. Like I just don't want to do it. But uh, but when you're thinking about, like I have I have this book that I'm working on, and it is a work a day. I'm doing the revision. It's going to get done. But then there's this other secret project, this secret novel that is pulling at me, and it just is so exciting. And it kind of, you know, to sneak off to work on your work is just is so so fun. What is your biggest joy when it comes to writing? Is it that is it that sneaking off or is it something else? Sometimes it is that sneaking off. Like when I'm, <laughs> I mean, it's there's no more justifiable means of procrastination than I'm working on my next book. Oh you my know? god, so, that's so true. <laughs> and there's a million other things I should be doing, and I usually am not writing any other time but when this absolutely has to be done. Um, yeah. But you can't, you can't tell me that I that I shouldn't be writing right now. But I think <laughs> truly my 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 biggest joy is that. Writing is manipulative. Um, and that word is usually used in, in negative contexts. But I like the fact that I can essentially reverse engineer mm. my emotions um, yes. by writing. Oh, my so, God. That like, is the truest thing I've ever heard. That makes so much sense. Yeah. And, and we... We acknowledge this on some level with reading, you know, like mm-hmm. I read a good book and I and I feel moved by it. You know, I read something sad and I'm sad, but we can also do that with writing. And that's the coolest yeah. thing ever to me, because not only am I, you know, checking my 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 box that I wrote for the day, I actually had the power to literally lift my mood, which is yes. something that. I need <laughs> pretty often. So it's yeah. nice to be a, be a writer in, in multiple genres, especially. And just, it's like, you know what? I need to pick me up. I'm, I'm working on a sci-fi today. Like that's what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a gorgeous way to put it. And, and, and for, for me, not only can I pick myself up, but sometimes even more importantly, that's how I figure out what I feel. I'm always kind of struggling with feelings and naming them and, and what they are and and how they work. So, um, I can kind of reverse engineer my way there too. Like, like this is how it feels in my body. What does that actually mean emotionally? And now what can I do about it? Do you feel the same way or are you already in pretty good contact with your emotions? I would say, in some ways, yes and no. I don't think that's 
the proper way of answering that. But to elaborate, it I don't use my I don't use the work that I expect to be published or that I would like the world to see for that yes. kind of work. But yeah, definitely I definitely have to put thoughts and events down on paper or electronic document or something mm-hmm. so that I can really figure out, you know, what's, what's happening here? Where do I stand? You know, and how do I so feel I, about it? Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And and what am I going to do about it? You know, if, if that's, you know, necessary. So for sure, I don't, I wouldn't, I, I'm not ready for the world to see that thought no. process. <laughs> no. <laughs> I have a lot of morning pages. I would, I would rather die before somebody saw yeah. <laughs> so tedious. And I think as well. about that and I'm, and I think about, I'm sorry, this is maybe a little off topic, but I think about, nothing's off topic. you know, when, when folks like pass away and then mm-hmm. people start just publishing just any piece of paper they wrote on. I would re-die. <laughs> I would die all over again. I really like, would. I would turn into a evil ghost so <laughs> fast. I don't care if I have to haunt my my descendants. I don't care if I have to haunt the Smithsonian <laughs> itself. Like, no. What is no, you don't do that to people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then, but then I also think about like some of my greatest comfort reading are the diaries of writers that came before. I'm thinking about like May Sarton and uh, Mary Oliver. And they're they're like how did they do it? These must have been, oh, Virginia Woolf, these must have been heavily edited. And I know that Woolf's was edited by her husband, but, um, oh, oh my God. Yeah. Did you hear, uh, again, there's nothing off topic on the show. Did you hear about Sue Grafton and her family? Mm-mm. So Sue Grafton wrote the A is for Alibi, B is for Burglar, that whole series of mysteries. And she got 25 letters in before she died. And she never published Z is for anything. And she's, you know, these books always sold millions and millions. And her one thing in her will was you will never, ever publish a Z. You will never, you can't, you know, you can have my, her family has her legacy. They make the money on the books, but you can't do a Z. Her family has decided to do the next book under her Mm. name. Mm -mm. She's going (laughs) to, she's going to be so loud in their dreams above their bed they're going to fall in parking lots. Like, uh, uh-uh, no. <laughs> yeah. Mm, no, I might have to keep a close eye on that. That sounds like a, a horror movie in the making. <laughs> That's a great idea. Actually. You, <laughs> I would watch that. <laughs> oh my um, can, no. can, I know. No, no, no. All right. Um, thank you for indulging me in that. Can you share a craft tip of any sort with us? Yeah, um, I think, and this isn't even a technical tip, but it is a tool that I use um, pretty often, which is just to imitate the the writers that you admire. Mm. Um, I will admit that this requires a little confidence. Um, on the behalf of the writer, you know, like this isn't something I would recommend for, for anyone who's in a period of self-doubt or feeling 
inauthentic for whatever reason. Um, but when you when you really get in a place where you're comfortable and you know that no matter you know who you kind of have in your head or who whose voice you're carrying, um, you're still going to create something that's distinctly yours. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it it really is valuable just going and and really trying to match up, you know, in terms of quality, in terms of sound, in, in terms of language, in terms of even grammatical things that that this mm-hmm. person does, especially if you strongly admire their work, you know, it's something you can really hear and and feel inside you, you know, and, and I think that for me, that's a way, especially when I was first getting really serious about writing poetry, that was something that helped me tremendously because I didn't have a ton of, of craft language and mm-hmm. I've, I've been through the MFA and honestly, I still don't. Um, I, I feel the same. I got my MFA and realized I do nothing after it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's like, I just, I, I have to kind of go off of, you know, what, how things feel and how things sound and, and imitating folks that, that I admire has really, it was a huge step up for, for my poetry. I can kind of remember it almost distinctly when I started kind of saying, okay, I'm going to, I'm just going to try to write like this person for, you know. Can you remember a particular person that you were emulating and how, and how that felt? Yeah, I think, um, I'm trying to think if I can remember who the very first person was. And to be honest, I think it was one of my classmates and the, and the MFA and this particular classmate mentioned this activity just in conversation, you know, for something that they had done in a class before. And I was uh-huh. like, you know what? That sounds <laughs> like a good idea. And and we never formally had that um, that particular exercise in class, in, in the class yeah. I was in. But I, I just... I thought it was a great idea. I was like, this is excellent. And, and to try to imitate your, your classmates and, and then the way that the original activity was designed was you would, you would write the poem presumably in, in your classmates voice, everyone would do one. And then they would try to guess whose voice was being um, imitated in in that poem. So, you know, that, that was really something that took a hold of me. And I was like, you know what, this was your idea. I, I really like your work. I'm going to, I'm going to go for it. And, and I did, and I was really um, proud of, of that piece and what came out of it. And um, it was still mine, you know, Um, I told, I told the, the classmate of mine, that I did this and apparently, you know, I wasn't that great at it because they said they had no <laughs> idea. It was, it was supposed to be them. <laughs> That's a hard thing but to pull off. I, that really is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm okay with, with not pulling it off well 
to the person whose style it is. You know, it's not for them. It's for 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 me to pick up, yeah. you know, what thing what things speak to me the most, what things would I like to see in my own writing um, and really bringing those out and, and learning how to do that in a poem and then hopefully taking it on to the next poem and the next poem. I think that's, it's such a beautiful exercise and it, and it mirrors something that we just don't do. We're not usually able to do in writing. What we do in writing is we watch somebody do it and then we try to, um, do it in our own voice. Whereas in all the other, you know, so many other trades, if you're learning how to be a mechanic, a mechanic will watch you put your hands on the catalytic converter or whatever in the same way that they did. And they kind of, you know, walk you through the motions and then you can make the motions yours. And we don't get a chance to do that in writing. So this is a chance to do that, to, to really get your hands into it and follow someone else and then take what you learn into your own work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, I, th- I think that comparison is awesome actually, because yeah, there there is that kind of discrepancy between how we learn to write mm-hmm. um, and how we we learn to do many other things. And yeah, I think we would be missing out on a lot if we only spent time cultivating our own voice, independent yeah. of all the other talent in the world. Um, yeah. You know, and, and having your own voice is important, but this is where, once again, you know, having confidence and, and, and knowing yourself and knowing that that's there, that's there. Yeah. You don't have to worry about that part. You have yeah. a voice. And somebody, <laughs> and somebody can help just show you how to do something. I keep thinking of like when I was, you know, learning to roll out dough, you know, I would not have known how hard to push if my mom hadn't put her hand on mine and pushed. And it's the mm-hmm. same kind of idea. I'm finding this. I'm finding this really, really beautiful, Ashanti. Thank you. May I ask you what thing in your life affects your writing in a surprising way? Well, from the previous uh, <laughs> question, yeah. this might not seem so surprising, <laughs> um, but I, I will say, other writers other writers and and the reason I I still think it's a little surprising um is is because I mean literally any writer <laughs> like I'm I'm looking yeah. at I'm looking at advertisements and commercials some movies TV tweets honestly yeah. I'm like yeah. what is the what's the art of of crafting a tweet that gets thousands of retweets and, yeah. and thousands of likes. Like, is there a certain way that this is written that is more effective? You know, it's like telling a joke, you know? Yeah. So I'm like it, the written word just in general, I'm like, what is this? Let me study this. Can I use this? Should I? Um, <laughs> and, and I think, that's one a, a testament to the fact that my brain literally never cuts off. But um, <laughs> yeah, also it's it's just very it's very helpful um, just in terms of constantly 
you know, having resources around you without even, because I'll be honest, sometimes I go long periods of times without reading a book. Mm-hmm. I yeah. just admitted that for Good and job. I'm, I'm going to be a, a <laughs> I know, right. Just, I need you, a, just, <laughs> you just made some of the listeners take a take a deep breath of like relief <laughs> to hear that. But the, the reason you heard me laugh when, when you said my brain never shuts off, it's my brain also never shuts off. And I was thinking to myself when you were saying that, that what you do sounds a lot like what I do, which is because the brain is always going so fast and worrying so much, I'm worrying, not worrying, although that is part of it. Um, I, I'm curious about everything. And I'm hearing that same curiosity in your voice, you know, like how did that person do that tweet? Why is the copy on the back of this cereal box so bad? Why do I hate it so much? And asking those questions of everything you run across. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's me 24 <laughs> seven. Um, yeah. When you mentioned rest earlier, my um, <laughs> something in me just cracked and broke off like when you know like I'm like oh yeah you're right I do I need to rest I said it because I (laughs) I also forget it on a on a daily weekly hourly minutely basis I just should never have to rest but we do we do yeah yeah I mean my when my body is like no, you better calm down. Um, <laughs> but even then my brain is still like, uh, let's, let's, let's think of a, a think piece for this crappy Netflix movie. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> so um, what is the best, I usually ask, what is the best book you've read recently, but what's the best thing you read recently? Let's expand it out. Okay. Um, Hmm, it's still a book, technically. It's a comic <laughs> book. Oh, yay. Tell me. Uh, it's called Bingo Love. I don't um, know this one. The writer is is uh, T. Franklin, and it is a story about two um, Black queer women who, who meet um, when they're younger and then... Um, because it was oh I do know this one. In. I saw the cover of it I'm picturing it now okay, yeah, please yeah go, okay please go on yeah so they meet oh, later yeah, so yeah they meet later um and and rekindle their relationship and this is the most beautiful thing I actually read it online went to the nearest public library and asked them if they heard of this because they needed to put it in the graphic novel section they're like we already have eight copies I was like (laughs) can I can I check one out and and so I literally have it sitting right here next to me because I just wanted to hold it in my hands it's beautiful I I cried my heart out. Oh, I'm going to buy it immediately. As soon as we're off this call. (laughs) It's, it's beautiful. It is truly beautiful. Um, I mean, specifically for me, because I relate on several levels besides maybe the age, but it's a beautiful story. It, it has, you know, that necessary, you know, like conflict, to move it forward. But one thing that I I think I appreciate the most about Bingo Love is that it does not dwell on pain like a lot Mm. of forms of of media and entertainment do, Um, which is nice because 
as a as a plot device, specifically as a writer, um, you know, pain and and conflict should be used, in my opinion, to move the story forward. If it's gratuitous, right. you know, it's like mm, really, you know, it's kind of yeah. I'll I'll suspend my judgment, but I'm just like, okay, let's have some usefulness to this, to this here, <laughs> especially if we're if we're trying to tell a story. And I think that what's so beautiful about it is that even the pain in this in this story is tender and yeah. and it just and it comes to pass. Um and it's just it's just beautiful. It's just it's just beautiful. Um yeah, Thank I you can't. for telling me about that. Um, my my wife is super super into graphic novels, like like super big time, um, and I and I am less so because they kind of overwhelm my brain in that it's I you know it's always worrying along so fast that I kind of like get too caught up in the pictures and the words and trying to assimilate them all. But when we find a graphic novel that we both love, it's really exciting. And this sounds like something that will be right up both of our alleys. So thank you for that. Maybe it'll be a little bit of a Christmas present since that's coming up as we are, as we are recording. Um, speaking of books, what would you like to tell us about right now? What, where can we find your work most recently? Uh, yeah. So I, um, just came out with a chat book not too long ago, black under, and I, and I believe you can find it, on Amazon if you absolutely have to, but um, <laughs> I would much prefer if everyone ordered directly from the publisher or tell a local bookstore um, to please sell hard copies because those are very, very fun. Um, I do have an ebook version as well, though. So um, let's take a moment jam, to, to, to point out that. Um, that not only asking your local bookstore to carry a book is a great thing, but also what you mentioned earlier, asking your local library to get it in is sometimes even better because if they don't have it, then that sale is still being made, the one sale that you would have made, but now it's out there for other people to, to discover after you too. So I love that. Um, Ashanti, I meant to ask, and uh, I can edit this later if I need to, but I, I usually ask poets to read one of their poems. And I just 100% spaced on that because it's a spacey kind of day. Um, is there a poem that you would like to share with us? I'm going to read Answer to an Earnest Prayer. Perfect. It's short and sweet. <laughs> Answer to an Earnest Prayer. True. I don't make mistakes, but I was trapped in a man's body 33 years, and I killed myself. Signed, God. Okay. Wow. May I just say that? That is my honest goosebump-covered response. Wow. Thank you for sharing that one. Thank you. Okay, that just rocked me to my core. All right. So I think everyone should go out and buy or request for your library, Black Under, which is from Black Lawrence Press. And Ashanti, where else can we find you on the internet? 
You can check out my website, www.ashanticreates.com. Um, you can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at ashanticreates.com. I mean, not .com, just Ashanti I knew what you meant. <laughs> That'll work. <laughs> Ashanti, thank you so much. It has been just a delight to talk to you today. Likewise, thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of How Do You Write? You can reach me on Twitter, Rachel Heron, or at my website, rachelheron.com. You can also support me on Patreon and get essays on living your creative life for as little as a buck an essay at patreon.com slash Rachel, spelled R-A-C-H-A-E-L. And do sign up for my free weekly newsletter of encouragement to writers at rachelheron.com slash write. Now go to your desk and create your own process. Get to writing, my friends.